0: many companies in the midst of transforming their businesses to meet the needs of an increasingly digital economy, product management remains something of a mystery. Have you ever asked yourself, what does a product manager actually do? How can a product manager help us develop and launch a machine learning strategy for our product? Or, if you're a PM, what does it take to actually become a product manager who specializes in machine learning? My name is Nicholas Canthai, and you're listening to What Can I Tell You? a conversational guide to product management, where I've made it my mission to answer these questions and more. Today, we're chatting with Nala Salem, a senior product manager who has a ton of experience in bringing machine learning capabilities to enterprise products. Over the course of our chat, Nala shares what it takes to plan for and build out an entire team of machine learning product managers. She highlights some of the challenges that come with the role, such as dealing with bad data and what to do when your machine learning model does not give you the results that you are hoping for. As a mentor to PMs, she also gives valuable advice on how to break into product management and explains what it means to be a PM focused on building enterprise level solutions. Enjoy the show. Welcome, Nala, to the show. Thank you so much for agreeing to uh, do this recording remotely during these coronavirus times. I really appreciate having you on.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, it's, it's my pleasure. Um, we're going to jump right into it with you. I, there's a lot to cover in this in this uh, show, in this podcast in particular, a lot of really interesting meaty subjects that I'd like to get to, specifically with regards to building out um, machine learning, uh, building out a machine learning team and some products around machine learning, um, and even... Um, for myself, like I, I'm very curious about it. Uh, in, in a lot of ways, I've played around with some machine learning uh, systems like Azure Studio, uh, machine learning studio, just to understand the mechanics. But to be honest with you, I've never had an opportunity to really create a product around it and to really understand uh, what goes into that kind of thing. So for you, working at Lupio currently, you've recently put together um, a machine learning team. Is that right?
1: That's true, yes.
0: And, you know, from from some of the the conversations I've had um, with other product managers with regards to this, I'd like to ask, you know, where are you on your current journey with regards to building up that team at Lupio? How did you get started? And um, I guess, what is the focus for you?
1: Right. So Lupio is a product that supercharges RFP responses, where RFP stands for request for proposal. It's, five years and a couple of months old the company and we started the machine learning team officially this year we have been working on it since last year obviously to get started this year i think the i think we're doing it right i think the focus for really any machine learning team should always be on user value and what we can bring to our users and customers um so for example Lupio has been around for a while it has gone through your typical startup stages of uh, proving product market fit and mm-hmm. then scaling and then having different teams in place that work on different parts of an now established platform mm-hmm. with um last year 700 plus customers now 800 plus and then it was time as part of the scaling to see the data that we have accumulated over the years, what can be found in that data in terms of trends and possible predictions that can add to the customer value. And that's the focus, and that should always be the focus. A little bit more technically for us in LUPIO, because we deal with text documents that are requests for proposals Mm -hmm. and then exporting those. are focusing in the time being on what natural language processing can provide to us given that we're dealing with a lot of text data.
0: I see. So so basically, in terms of the overall kind of life cycle of, not life cycle, but the lifespan of Lupio as a company, what you're saying is, if I've understood you correctly, you've gone through the process of establishing yourself as a company and now you've started collecting data on some of the clients that you're working with. And that data um if if parsed correctly and if understood correctly using machine learning you're able to derive a lot of insight on on what kinds of what kinds of insights actually uh, are you able to derive and what are you looking for exactly
1: so uh, let me also give an example to to um make it closer to people's minds and using a consumer product rather than an enterprise product that very few people are actually going to use worldwide amazon mhm a huge revenue stream for for them um and and i mean when you go and shop on amazon um is the recommended products Mm -hmm. recommends to you products and and it doesn't say that they're recommended it says that other customers who have bought this have also considered this or have also bought this right (laughs) you know seamless it's it's as if someone is talking to you and suggesting something Um, But this is really a very powerful machine learning um, prediction of what you could be interested in in order to to realize a value both for the company and for the users. Um, For the company, obviously, increasing sales and for the user, I, I find it actually relevant and I do buy things through this instead of sifting through hundreds of other products to find what I want.
0: Right. It is a tangible it is tangibly valuable to the end user at the end of the day, but has uh, incredible business value as well. Um, That's a great point. So recently you've structured a team around uh, your machine learning kind of initiatives within Lupio Uh, Mm -hmm. as as a senior product manager yourself um, and, and like leading this team who are you looking for like who are the players in that team are there other product managers um technical individuals architectural experts data scientists like what kind of team goes behind that
1: yeah so the machine learning team would need a data scientist so that would be someone who's familiar with data science um, some programming and statistics Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and a machine learning engineer and that would be someone who is able who understands machine learning concepts very well and is also able to support the data scientist in terms of making the the data available and the extraction available. And typically an an engineering development manager um, that would be guiding the team and also guiding what's a very important piece, which is further integration with the, platform team so that's sort of the new nu- nucleus of a machine learning team you could add other roles of course as, as you work on bigger teams but um, as more specifically data engineering you could also have a data engineering role mm. but all of the rest of the roles that you mentioned need to be there and we need to collaborate with them very closely. So, we, we collaborate very closely with product managers on the platform side. We have architects, we have technical leads, so, you know, all, all the rest of it. And, and that's a function of the, the team that we have right now is machine learning team inside an existing startup that is working right. a core product. That, that's very different, from, example, from my work in Ruby Cloud where the the company's focus was machine learning because we were extracting other people's data and doing the machine learning part and then giving that back to them.
0: I see. Okay. And and from the point of view of uh, the product manager with regards to this, because this is a show about product management, um, like to bring it back to that real quick. So, your what's technically what is your role in in this team, and how would you define the role of a product manager from within the context of uh, a machine learning kind of like mini startup within a startup?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, so I want to stress that the product manager for a machine learning team shouldn't be any different in terms of the role as compared to quote-unquote a regular product manager okay and that's because technology should not be driving what we do or driving the features it should always be the business value so Mm. the product manager should have a very good understanding of the market of the product of the users of the pains build the roadmap research talk to the customers talk to other stakeholders define the features and their priorities generally speaking but where it becomes different is in the planning and the implementation and the setting of expectations and um, as relates to machine learning reason being there is a very high level of uncertainty when it comes to machine learning feature development or development in general as opposed to again regular software development, there is, you could potentially spend weeks and months working on a problem and then realize that the data that you have is just not enough to predict a good enough prediction to replace an existing process, and that's that. Um, or that the data is too expensive, or that the model's performance, given the resources that we have, was just not good enough to, again, replace an existing uh, process. So there is a very high level of uncertainty. The, the second thing is that there is also a, a, a fairly high level of complexity, generally speaking, in machine learning projects because because of the data component, and, and that's the component that's usually gets underestimated when people think of machine learning. Whereas really, it's, it's all about the data. The, if you have the right data, the the, mod, the modeling part is um, is much easier.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, a few questions on that. There's a few things that you said that, they're, that are pretty interesting. The first part where you were talking about where the differentiating factor is for the product manager from a typical product manager. I'd like you to la- elaborate a little bit on that more um, so that our, our listeners can understand. Okay, so if they're interested in becoming machine learning product managers and they're, they're product managers, but they've not had that experience, you differentiated... Uh, between a typical product manager and a machine learning product manager, uh, based off of the types of features and and the testing and the implementation and the measurement of those features, is that correct? Can you give us some examples of like what that might look like? I know you used um, like uh, your outcomes as not being what you potentially predicted would happen, um, but what kind of feature would? Would you build into a machine learning roadmap that would differentiate it from a typical roadmap that a product manager might have?
1: So, the, the, the type of machine learning feature that you would choose should be, as you would choose any feature, the feature that provides, uh, th- that is the highest priority at a given, given point in time. And that depends on however you, you do your prioritization value uh, versus effort being one common way of of doing that w- when it comes to machine learning the the obvious difference is that the effort piece is usually bigger mm-hmm. and that's something that needs to be considered when when you're doing the prioritization
0: mm, the effort piece so yeah. like so like uh, interesting so effort to implement is the cost is higher essentially
1: typically because the complexity is higher Mm,
0: and that's due to that's due to having to work within set like data sets um that that you don't know if it's going to be able to yield the kind of predictive results that you're looking for
1: yes so and the details of that is that the, the machine learning problems are usually interesting but you sometimes are unable to get the data or or you have issues in in doing that. Um, Secondly, sometimes you have problems understanding the data, especially if these are data that go back to years, Mm. especially data that's in data warehouses that were implemented 15 years ago, and the architect who implemented them has long since left the company. Right. Um, Issues such as data cleaning and data quality. And is i think to some people th- these issues might sound trivial but they but they typically are issues that stop projects they're typically are issues that take months and months to solve especially if you are working on an enterprise level which is the, the products that i have worked on, on personally
0: For you guys, um, and specifically, like, what does your success criteria look like for your machine learning team?
1: I, I think again, I want to p- pivot it back to the fact that it's not really special to the technology. You judge it by the movement on the product metrics that you want to move as a product team as a whole. Um, regardless of the technology. And that you know should be set there in place and then sort of cascades down to the choice of the features and um, what, what you're able to implement and move the metrics. Mm-hmm. I think what could be more specific to the success of a machine learning team, is managing the complex process that I just mentioned. So again, it is, it's is—it's not atypical for you to spend weeks and months researching um, or, or actually working on a machine learning feature only to discover that it's, it's not really a good idea. Mm. So y- your success will be in setting the expectations in planning the roadmap so that there is a research phase prior to the implementation phase in working with the team to know as early as possible, whether or not this is achievable. Um, And to push the team to get to a first version of the model as quickly as possible. And then we can iterate on, on it all we want, but, um, I've, I've been fortunate to work with very strong teams in the past, but the, the engineering urge is usually to pr- perfect things, and that's the strength of a, of a good engineer. So um, technical people will typically want to implement the best thing possible, but the success of, of implementing a machine learning roadmap will be in implementing the simplest thing possible and then iterating from that point on.
0: That's really great insight. Honestly, um, because those are the kinds of things that help change the frame of mind that you have to come to the table with. At yes. the end of the day, right? You can't come in with it. You can't come to the table with a typical product management perspective. You got to think we're we're gonna have to start as simple as possible. Yeah, you start with your MVP. Yeah, that's fine. That's normal. But um, you almost have to build in failure. Uh, from what I'm hearing, as, as an outcome. And that failure has to be seen as a stepping stone towards success down the line, which would hopefully be reflected in the business value that you generate for the company and for the customer at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, the, yes, that's very true. The, the first version model, though, does not necessarily have to translate directly into the MVP. You can choose that the MVP is the third version of the model that mm. you came up with. And, and then choose that as an MPP based on the, the acceptable threshold of performance.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: However, to your point, it it is the natural thing that when you first launch a machine learning model into the wild, as we say, its performance is horrible, and then it gets better with time. And that's, again sort of a phase that you need to manage one way or another.
0: Mm. And, and you know, that's kind of interesting because coming back to the planning phase um, and like when you're thinking about getting started with this, how do you even know what model to choose? Because um, I've, <laughs> when I was messing around with Azure Machine Learning Studio, I, honestly, I I followed a few tutorials. I, you know, uh, did some, I ran some predictive um models and it was really interesting and it's all stuff that they have set up it's really it's a great way to learn at a very high level but one of the things i wasn't able to walk away with was a really strong understanding of how to even decide what model to use because there's so many models that exist out there there's so many existing models Do, have you even considered creating your own at any point is that even an option
1: you mean creating my own as a pm versus a data scientist i guess
0: that's a good question actually it's a good differentiation i mean as a team um
1: oh okay i mean use uh, build a model versus use an existing library
0: that's right that's right
1: i see okay um so what you typically do depends on the level of complexity of the problem that you're solving so so there are sort of known problems with known solutions out there for which a lot of libraries exist so if that's the type of again we have we have already discussed that you the feature that you choose should be based on your prioritization regardless of the technology so Mm -hmm. if you have chosen chosen a feature and that feature is a known machine learning problem with a known machine learning solution then your first version of the model should definitely be reuse an existing library and then assess its performance. If it's good enough, then that's good enough for you to use, especially if it's a reputable library. If the problem is more complex, then again use the existing library as a as a first version and then use that as a benchmark and then if it's not good enough and then try and implement something that beats it, compare the two. If it's a fairly or a more complex problem, then you could even implement two or three models and then compare the performance of those based on different cases and and using different evaluation criteria and then um, decide on the one to use. And that I think gives some color to what I mentioned is the complexity and the planning required around machine learning features.
0: Did you find that when you started on this journey that did you realize you know, like sometimes you don't know what you don't know. Did you find that the learning curve was much higher for this type of um, team and the kind of outcomes that you, outputs that you wanted to generate from it?
1: Yes, definitely. T- typically in the the problem, the enterprise problems that I have worked with, you, you even do a little bit of applied research um, in order to solve the problems that we have, seen and and that's you know a great thing to do and that's why you why the role of a data scientist is such a tricky one they straddle business and research and um, technology so um, applied research obviously brings a ton of value
0: right right Um, so we've talked about what success could potentially look like in terms of examples especially for lupio you know generating success for the end Uh, And user of your product Um, what and and we've also talked about what it what failure kind of looks like in terms of stepping stones but how do you know that you're going down a wrong path and you need to readjust like what are some of the telltale signs for that
1: yeah yeah that's a very good question so that, that's what I meant by really the, the special thing about the success of a machine learning team or feature implementation is in managing the process and trying to know early, as early as possible whether, whether or not this is just not going to work by uh, or after your data extraction steps. So if you extract the data and then there is a, a value that you want to predict, and the data that you has you have gathered has no correlation or has very weak correlation to what you want to predict, then that's usually a telltale sign, like, um, like you just mentioned. If you implemented the model um, and you you spent a couple of iterations trying to improve that model, but the but the performance is is just not there, then it's a good point to assess whether it's worth spending more time on that model versus because there are always other priorities versus taking on something else to do
0: and when you say like um performance uh you use the word performance specifically do you mean performance as in like technical performance or the type of uh um, measurement of value that you have for the end user like if if the, the model's working great, but at the end of the day, it's not actually generating value for the end user. Is that kind of what you mean, or do you mean more technically speaking?
1: So I what, what I mean by model performance is whether the model is making the right predictions gotcha. Gotcha. based on yeah, the best thing that you know. And there are different ways of measure, measuring that. So for example, there is the level of accuracy and that's sort of a, a one figure. And obviously you, you want the model's accuracy to be as high as possible. Mm. But then also at the same time, there, there is a concept of m- measuring your um, uh, false positives and negatives versus the true positives and negatives. And there are use cases where w- one or the other is going to have a much higher value so that's again something else to consider and this is a conversation that needs to happen between um, typically product managers and the data scientists because what these numbers mean is not always very very straightforward it's usually a conversation rather than ah we got the numbers let's just go one way or the other
0: Mm, there's like an analysis and an interpretation aspect to it as well exactly yes yeah hmm. interesting if i'm a product manager who works at a company that's talking about incorporating machine learning into their product um, what advice would you give me as a starting point
1: yes so this, the starting point is do you really need machine learning that's a question that needs an honest answer because it's an investment, and one needs to understand that it is and understand the ROI from that investment. The and, and This is something that the teams i worked with have, have had a very good understanding of, but this is typically the classic mistake that people, especially with all the hype around machine learning right now, mm. um, a lot of companies just want to do or see or buy machine learning just because it's it's the it's it's the the, the new big thing so I think the on, on a, an honest answer to that question is very important and then secondly have a conversation about the types of problems that you could use machine learning for and wh- whether or not you have the the data to, to use them um, we, we in, in one of the teams I worked with the um sort of the the going joke is that you usually talk to a customer and then they have a problem that they want to solve and then you ask them about the data and then they say that they're gonna that maybe we could use weather data that that's usually a telltale sign that, that there hasn't been a lot of thought put into what really could be um predictors for the problem that, mm. that they solve <laughs> uh
0: that's interesting i was reading this book um called driving digital strategy. Um, and one of the the stories in, in that book um, talks about machine learning and how machine learning from AccuWeather was used, data from AccuWeather was used in order to sell more shampoo. Um, and the idea there was that there's this antifreeze shampoo and people's hair got frizzy on rainy days or on high humidity days. And they used data from AccuWeather to send out notifications to user users who had the app to say, hey, it's going to be uh, extra humid tomorrow. You might want to use this version of shampoo. And they saw their sales rise by a crazy amount. So maybe is not so crazy an idea using weather data after all.
1: <laughs> but this is a very specific problem. This is a problem where... this is a useful data source to use because it has a direct correlation with, with the type of product that you're trying to sell. But that's not always the case.
0: Nala brings up a very important question as a first step to considering machine learning, which is to ask, does my product or company even need machine learning? Before this question can be answered, let's first try to understand machine learning at a high level. Machine learning is made up of a series of data inputs, an example of which might be financial transaction data of account holders collected by banks. These inputs get fed into a model, and the model is made up of algorithms that turn your inputs into outputs, such as predictions on what types of financial transactions might trend towards fraudulent. The output is where the value lies. But how does a model know what kinds of outputs to generate that will actually derive value? This is done by providing the model with training data. For example, maybe the transaction data captured by the bank has a specific attribute that is misleading the algorithm to identify totally legitimate transactions to be fraudulent. The cause of this error could have come from faulty training data, meaning that you need to refine your training data by modifying the attributes in a way that can help the model better identify whether a type of transaction was fraudulent or not. That way, the algorithm is better able to specify the difference between good transactions and bad transactions, and can attempt to predict better outcomes based on what you've taught it to recognize. Jimmy Young, a PM at the rideshare company Lyft, breaks down the role of machine learning PM into three key responsibilities. 1. Identify the opportunity. Are you collecting data sets? If yes, ask yourself what kinds of outputs from analyzing that data would help me generate value for my product. Two, Define the problem. As a PM, you have the most insight into the product strategy and business goals. Set your target and prioritize your actions to achieve your goal. In other words, be clear about what you want out of incorporating a machine learning product. 2. Define the problem. As a PM, you have the most insight into the product strategy and business goals. Set your target and prioritize your actions to achieve that goal. In other words, be clear about what you want out of incorporating machine learning into your product. 3. Guide the team. Make sure that your team has the right context of the problem that you're looking to solve. And ask the question, what kind of inputs should the model be given to help it figure out the kinds of outputs we'll need to generate value? So does your product need machine learning? Well, the answer comes from whether or not you have the right kind of data necessary to teach your model how to generate outputs that will allow you to capture value. In other words there won't always be a straightforward answer to the question. Like Nala said, a product manager focused on building machine learning products must do so as they would any other product, which is to start with a vision, research, launch, test, measure, iterate, and repeat. You'll not get it 100% right the first time, but that's part of the process of building great products. All right, let's get back to the show. So you, you not only have a technical degree and background, but you also have an MBA. Um... So you basically have two master's degree and an undergraduate degree. So you're kind of, uh, exceptionally well positioned to, uh, be somebody who would identify as a technical product manager. You understand the business side of things very well, and you have been in the trenches and, uh, as a developer and, uh, as an engineer, I'm curious to know, um, in a lot of the conversations that I've had with people, uh, over over time with regards to product management um having an mba is definitely valuable do you find that it's it helps you in your day-to-day work and do you encourage people to want to become product managers to get an mba
1: i think i would encourage people to have a well-rounded understanding of product in general so if they come from a business background then maybe put some effort into understanding uh, basic technical concepts if you're working on machine learning then definitely spend some time on an introductory course to machine learning for example if you come from a technical background like I do then an understanding of the business concepts is important I I took an MBA because the company I was working on at the time was more of a generalist company uh, that didn't specialize in a particular business sector but if you're in a particular business sector then a deep understanding of that industry um will go obviously a very long way in in making you become a strong product manager so there uh, these plus design are the typical three paths for people to come into product management and you there's no um, you know specific list of requirements for one to be a product manager but you will need to understand sort of your strengths and weaknesses and what products you could best contribute to
0: and that's a great segue into my next question which is um, in relation to something that you said in the brain station magazine um, in an online article the article is entitled how to get a job as a product manager now one of the things that i like to differentiate in this show is what are the different types of segmentations that exist under the title product manager you know we we talk about senior product managers technical product managers product owners technical product owners um, even to a degree bas uh, product strategists etc In this case, as a technical product manager, um, one of the things that you said to answer that question was, there's no undergrad degree, and I'm quoting here, you say there's no undergrad degree uh, that you can take, and uh, then you become a product manager. You need to be strategic and plan out your career in a way that leads to it. Can you elaborate on what you meant by this and kind of give an idea of how that led you to being where you are?
1: Yes, I think it's very important for people who are interested in product management to understand where they are and where they want to go and what could get them there. Um, so as I mentioned, if you're technical, then you need to complement your business understanding. If you're a business person, complement your technical understanding. And um, if you're a design person, then with depending again on sort of your a good understanding and self-assessment of your strengths and weaknesses decide what more you want to add to to, to um, uh, your skill set in order to um, move forward the, there is no specific um set and um it's really a it, it you know it goes back to um uh, I think Socrates saying "Know thyself." That's really an important thing to know for any decision and moving forward uh, that you're going to do in any aspect of your life.
0: I love that you uh, you dropped the Socrates quote. Um, I have uh, my my undergrad was in political theory, so Socrates was an old friend of mine, and <laughs> and it's interesting because I you know I came from a background of I have a bachelor's degree in political science and a master's degree in international relations. And I worked in product for a while before moving into strategy, but the, the path that I took was definitely not a direct path. And I think that kind of speaks a lot to what you're saying. You kind of have to think about how, about the multiple layers that you bring and tell that story on how you can apply what you've learned. Um, And also to be this lifelong learner almost you kind of have to be exceptionally curious as a person because only then will you understand how things work if you is, if you know how to ask the right types of questions and to ask the right types of questions, you have to kind of be passionate to know. So in terms of becoming a technical product manager for yourself, do you think that that's something that someone without a technical degree could eventually become or are there specific ways in which a technical product manager um can bring value versus somebody who might come from a background like myself
1: i think it depends on the use of the role the company and, and what you want to do Pr- probably if you do not have a technical background you don't want for example to be a technical product manager on, on an infrastructure product probably you won't be happy anyway Right. Um, so it's not about the title as much as it is about what you want to do again your strengths and weaknesses your skill set and i think you you made a very good point there that really what is very important is to have this curiosity and to have the right mindset um, in of challenging and not taking things for granted i think if if Mm. i'm to put out you know, a single skill for successful product managers, it's that. And, and this is really why I talked about, uh, uh, this understanding of business and technical, because you have to understand, you have to have some level of understanding of the subject matter in order to be able to do that challenging. really.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're making so many key decisions, right. And, yes. and those decisions have consequences. Uh, beyond just what the user interacts with, it's, there's cascading effects to cho- choices that you make.
1: Yeah, and you have different different people bring different perspectives. So I've I've always been sort of the techie person on the product management teams that I have worked with, but I have benefited and, and learned a ton from interacting and just thinking through problems with other product managers who are from a business background for example and i hope that i've also been able to provide a perspective to the conversation that they didn't have i'm sure someone who has a political science background will bring a totally different perspective and have a different view of things and and that's I, I think that the joy of working in product management
0: to be perfectly kind of honest and to be a little bit you know um vulnerable here for a second i know for me i've had so much insecurity around the technical side of things i when i first started i was like oh man i yeah, I, I've had some exposure to prior to working in my in my my current job. I had exposure to some technical projects where I worked with engineers and developers, and that's kind of what got me in the door. Um, they were mostly like just certainly side projects that I had initiated myself. But once I got started, I I started wondering. I'm like, oh man, am I am I ill suited for this? And I quickly realized that I wasn't. Um, just because when I didn't know something, I just learned. I went out and I I read about it, I asked the right types of questions, and eventually I got a wide breadth of knowledge and I was able to start specializing in things like e-commerce and in integrations and in data um to the point where I felt comfortable about it. I wouldn't call myself a technical product manager, but I'm capable of talking to technical people um and speaking their language enough to derive value and lead a conversation. And I think that's that's good. Like I think for me I don't, I don't necessarily want to be a technical product manager anymore because that insecurity no, no longer makes me feel like I'm not good enough. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I do. I, I think the key word in what you said is being able to talk the language of technical people. So I, I think that's a rule of thumb to the sort of level of technicality that you need to get to. And you should, um, or I mean a product, product manager in general should also... Challenge the engineers to be able to articulate their problems and their progress without diving too deeply into technical details and get, getting lost and Um, making other people get lost in the technical details
0: totally that's such that's such a skill to develop oh my goodness (laughs) i know you almost have to be very good at reigning in ux and design the architects the data scientists the data engineers and being like okay 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 what are we talking about can we simplify it what is the purpose of what we're doing right now and and not solutioning too soon without knowing what we're solutioning towards um that's a great point. So, I'd like to talk a little bit about mentorship um, and what that means to you. Uh, you yourself have been a mentor to PMs through the uh, APM program here in Toronto. Can you tell us a bit about APM, um, how you got involved and why you decided that you wanted to mentor PMs?
1: Yes, so the um, APM Toronto um, program in in specific is meant to be a way of expanding the um, Toronto product management community. We we know and we get um, questions all the time about people who are interested uh, um from people who are interested in product management and need some guidance in in order to do to do that and we've touched in our conversation that <clears throat> excuse me there is no specific diploma or certificate that you can go and take to be a product manage uh, manager a lot of it um, i the ideal way to acquire product management skills is by Practicing product management—it's—it's it's a craft in that sense, and the the APM program was meant to be um, the the um, um, best alternative to actually practicing product management in, in providing a venue for APMs to interact with senior PMs, and in each of these interactions, have a specific topic for. Um, um, of the craft to discuss and and uh, teach and learn um i and i really credit the uh, product leaders that uh, and i i wasn't one of them so i can't take the credit and i want to credit the product leaders that have come up with this program and put it in place and that, that's a great part of being in the you know Toronto product community that you uh, meet product uh, people like that really
0: what kind of advice would you give to um inexperienced product managers who are looking to grow their craft or even to individuals looking to break into product management
1: i think my number one advice would be uh, again to um quote your uh, old friend socrates know thyself i think in that sense it's very important to know why you're interested in becoming product managers and that's i get this question all the time and i um want as gently as possible to to reorient people's thinking to why they want to become product managers in in a in a lot of cases you if you're in a company that has product managers you see the product managers sort of presenting to the company making decisions and 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 there is a, a certain attraction to having um Kind of job like that especially that it doesn't that if you're if you are thinking like uh, that way it doesn't come with the quote-unquote overhead of directly managing people hmm. um, but what i tell people is that it's not as attractive as it seems it's uh if if that's your reason for wanting to become a product manager it's um uh, you, you need to reconsider i think because what comes sort of the other side of the um, as well is that everyone's going to have an opinion about um, what it is, what should, what work you um, you should, the way that you should do your work, um, essentially. Um, and my my next advice would be um, after figuring out your um, skill set, where you want to go, the strengths and weaknesses, as as we have discussed. Craft a path for yourself. This is really, this is really the only way you could get to it, un- unless you're lucky and and you get a chance presented to you. Um, but for, for myself, for my friend, product managers, they have crafted paths that have sometimes taken years to execute to get to a specific a product management job in a a specific domain so for example um, you might you might have some business knowledge and be able to get into a product manager job or a similar to a product manager job in that domain learn skills there make connections and then take that and apply to a product management job in the sort of the um uh, company or sector of of your dream hmm. uh, your dreams um you might be able to join a company in a role that is not product management at all if it's a product company and you're not in a product company and then from there learn about product management acquire for example industry knowledge or technology knowledge um, for the product your company is working on and then try and make an internal move um, for myself i i was a product manager before i did my uh, masters but i wanted specifically to work as a product manager um, for data science so i invested in getting a, um, a master's degree in um, analytics in order to do that so um and there is an investment that needs to be made and that's why you really need to know why you want to do it
0: Mm, i think that's that's there's a lot of good advice there and um definitely everybody's path is going to be different but i think there for me the thing that i take away the most is yeah there is going to be an investment yeah it might not be for everybody you might you got to ask yourself why you're attracted to it but um it's because there's no set path towards it, you kind of have to create your own proving grounds. You kind of have to like make your own way and and figure that out as you go along. The APM program is really great. It's a great starting point. Um, and I know people like um, one of our guests uh, that we're going to be doing an interview with will tell us a little bit about how she went through it and her experiences with it. Um, and I'm excited to learn about that. Um, but it's not the only way. And And while like... You could go and do a degree in in business it's not going to guarantee that you're going to do well as a product manager i think it's understanding what the role entails understanding how you yourself kind of um will be able to derive value from it as an individual and and be able to apply your passion uh for creating and learning and working with individuals nala what's what's next for you um in your career where do you think you're you'll find yourself in the next few years
1: i'm um i I have a lot of curiosity as i mentioned i i think i want to spend um the, the next few years practicing more of product management and um as also the years progress i'm you know interested to get more um, into the pro- the product strategy and the setting of product strategy mm-hmm. which I, I've been exposed to and I find also very um, interesting mm,
0: great thank you so much for joining me on this podcast um, it was great having you and uh, I wish you all the best and yeah thank you so much
1: Uh, You're most welcome. Thank you for having me. It's, um, I think, great that you're doing this addition to the Toronto product community. So thanks to you.
0: Thank you, the listener, for joining us today. I hope that this episode helped you gain a greater understanding of what goes into the role of machine learning PM and whether or not this kind of role is the right one for you. My name is Nicholas Canhai, and you've been listening to What Can I Tell You? A conversational guide to product management. We're constantly putting out new content on the subject of product management. And if you're looking for more, search us up on your favorite podcast listening platform and check us out at www.nicholascanhai.com. As always, stay focused on your goals and be good to others. Until next time, peace.